Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Volume. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, Go Low Pod. Big show coming up. Talk to Sobel. We, we didn't do anything last week about everything going on under the sun. News broke while I was on with him about Tiger Woods and Joe LaCava. And that is what I'm going to open my show up with. My take. At the time, me and Sobel didn't know that it was like an official long-term partnership. But obviously, as the day went on, Tiger Woods and Joe LaCava, that, that thing's run its course because of Tiger Woods' injury. And he gave him his blessing. And I, I think that marks the unofficial end for uh, for the cat. But uh, we'll talk about that off the top. We will talk to Sobel about everything going on, world golf rankings, Tiger Woods, LaCava, you name it, some gambling this week. Ricky Fowler, awfully tasty. Tommy Fleetwood, a little tasty too. Uh and, uh, and other than that, GoLoPod, at GoLoPod is the Instagram. Fire in those DMs. Get your questions answered here on the show. At GoLoPod is my Instagram for this podcast. Fire into the DMs, wide open. Get your questions answered on the show. And what else? I, I haven't watched as much golf the last couple weeks. Been playing. Uh, easy to check out when it's the Zurich and then the, the Mexico Open, even if it's Tony Finau and John Rahm battling it out. But Wells Fargo, Rory McIlroy is back, said he needed a little mental health break. And he's obviously uh, the favorite this week. So because Scheffler and Rahm are taking their Rory McIlroy, their, their break. Well needed. Uh, can I tell you about my friends at game time? Because do you want to go to an event? Do you, do you live in Southern California? You want to go to the U.S. Open? Download the game time app the official ticketing app of this podcast, and use the promo code GOLO, G-O-L-O-W, and get $20 off any pair of tickets. A sporting event, NHL game, NBA playoff game, Major League Baseball game, or concerts. You want to go to a concert, you want to go to a comedy show, I got you covered. Download the Game Time event, promo code GOLO, and get $20 off. I don't even need to thank you. Just use that promo code. Let's get to the story of the day. And that is, it's official that Joe LaCava, a fellow bald brother, enormous NFL fan, he's a big New York Giants fan, will no longer caddy for Tiger Woods. And last week we had opened the show with, there was breaking news that Tiger needed a surgery. And it's pretty clear that Tiger Woods' season, when it comes to the majors, which really is just his golfing season now, is probably over. And I I think... Last week, I had talked about, like, I think it's career. Because last year, we thought, listen, we're never going to get a season out of Tiger beside the four majors, 
separate from the tournament with Charlie, which let's face, he only's got a couple more years. Charlie's going to go to college. But and maybe we'll get a tournament here, a tournament there. This year he played Riv, right? So maybe we'd get at most five or six tournaments. And then we saw again this year at the Masters, his foot just kind of go. And he couldn't walk and he withdrew. And that makes me really sad because I think Tiger Woods, and I tweeted this out, in my 38 years of life, there are three guys that I put on a pedestal of being all-time great competitors. I mean, we have seen great entertainers, guys that you would feel very good about paying to see in all sports. But I don't think when it comes to winning, I, I didn't live through Jack, right? I, I didn't really live Joe Montana. I didn't live those 70s Pittsburgh Steeler teams or Bill Russell. It's Michael, it's Tiger, and it's Brady are the three greatest competitors slash winners of my lifetime. And what makes Tiger unique is those other two guys were not quite phenomenons like him. I mean, this guy was on television at two years old. This guy was on Sports Illustrated in his mid-teens. This guy, the one of the big companies at the time, built a golfing brand, which they didn't have much to do with, around the guy. And it changed Nike. I mean, the two most influential, important people to the history of Phil Knight are Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods. I honestly don't even think it's debatable. And when you think about when you go to work, uh, when you go out on a date, when you go play golf, I mean, that just kind of performance polo is something that is part of our culture now. And as someone that whose parents made them wear collared shirts, before 1996, 1997, they did not feel or look like what Nike created. And then everyone followed suit and copied. But what I'm alluding to is like it's unofficially over for Tiger Woods. <laughs> I don't know how else you could come up with any conclusion to today that Joe LaCava, his longtime caddy, is now officially on the bag, not just part time, not just taking a tournament or two. But full-time with Patrick Cantlay, who, listen, anyone that follows golf closely, like Patrick Cantlay is not the most enjoyable player to watch. But there is no disputing, and there is definitely no argument in terms of this guy's ability to print cash because he is an ATM machine. And he's eventually going to win a major or two. And he's going to win a ton more tournaments. And he's going to make a ton of money finishing top fives and top tens in big events. He's an elite player. There's really no way around it. Is he fun to watch? Of course not. Would he be fun for me or you to play with? Probably not. He plays very slow. But I completely understand it. Joe LaCava going with, you know, I think it's fair to say a top five American. I mean, he's definitely one of the better players in all of professional golf. That includes the Live Tour. So, but I don't think he goes if Tiger was going to play five, six times a year. But I, I think it's fair to say after the surgery last week, and if you've read up on it, it was to kind of cure the arthritis, but also it's going to limit his mobility. This season's probably done. But I even think moving forward to assume that we're going to get four majors, I no longer assume that. Uh, I, I think at best for the next several years, we get Tiger at the Masters, and everything else there is, is gravy, and I'm not expecting much more. And as you've seen these last couple of years, you know, in the three or four tournaments he's played in, he couldn't finish them. He could not finish this year at Augusta, last year at the PGA Championship. He has to withdraw because his body physically can't handle it, which is understandable. He is put together like a, an NFL player from the 1970s. 
But I think this shows you that for Tiger to give his blessing, like even Tiger knows his own more his own golfing mortality, which he alluded to at his master's press conference, that he didn't know how many he had left. And we all want to believe he's just saying that to, as his father would say, let the legend grow. I think he's just being honest. Like, it's kind of over. I don't know if I can keep doing this. I'm too prideful. I'm definitely too accomplished and too rich to ever take a cart. Like, I don't need the money. I'm not doing it to just be out here. Like, I, I helped create the importance of this sport that became much more universal. It was much more niche when I was a kid. And you could argue relative to football or basketball, it's still a niche sport. But it is dramatically more popular, more accessible, and more mainstream because of Tiger. Like, Tiger doesn't need to be firing around like John Daly in a golf cart. And I, I think it's pretty clear that when it comes to PGA Tour events or the majors, he is not going to do that because they would give him an exemption without hesitation. But I, I don't think he's going down that road. Now, he might do that to screw around on the senior tour, you know, with Ernie Els and I would have said Phil, but obviously Phil's never going to play in the senior tour with Daly and some of those guys. You know, Lee Jansen, you name the players from his era, but he's not doing that against the young guns. Uh, too prideful of an individual, you know, and I, I think it's it kind of sucks because I think it it, it kind of becomes reality today that it's over for the guy. And it's I mean, it's been over this last year, but, I, you know, I enjoyed watching him grind his ass off. And I, I know, like I said earlier. My my two favorite athletes of all time is when I was a kid was Michael Jordan and then through junior high through college was watching Tiger Woods. Both guys beat the living shit out of everyone they played. They ended careers. The difference is, is when Michael's career ended, it just ended, right? He went on to then just, he could gamble, smoke, and drink full time. Tiger refused to tap out. And I, I found the last like half of the 2010s of watching Tiger come back from a fuse back from a guy with the chipping yips and just grind his ass off to be in the mix in 2018 to win multiple majors. Uh, Molinari and him went down to the wire in the British Open. He easily could have. He was right there with Kepka. Kepka held him off in the, I think it was the 18 U.S. was PGA Championship. And then to watch him win the 19 Masters, I think that stretch is as as was as enjoyable of anything that I remember watching Tiger up through him winning, you know, leading the president's cup and playing Abe answer as, as a, as a playing captain. That was fun. And I'm glad I was of age to really be able to take it all in, soak it all in and realize, realize what I was watching. Now I didn't know it was going to end as abruptly as it did after he got in the car accident, but I knew what I was watching and I knew how special it was that I, I'm really glad that that happened, you know, and and I'm glad that I was older when that happened. And I think I speak for many that that 19 Masters. I, I've been lucky enough to go to uh, to the World Series, to Super Bowls, uh, to NBA Finals Game Seven when LeBron beat the Warriors. Been very very lucky in my life when it comes to sports to see some cool shit live. Now I just watch that on TV, but I would put that right up there. I'll never forget where I was. I'll never forget how I didn't move for hours like many people probably. And if you lived on the West Coast, remember they teed off early because of the weather. And uh, that moment with him hugging Charlie was pretty cool. It feels like I'm reading a, a sports obituary here, but that's kind of what it feels like today. It, it really does.
that it's almost that's all she wrote when it comes to uh when it comes to Tiger. So you know, good luck to Joe LaCava. Hopefully he can speed up one of the slowest players we've ever seen in golfing history. But they're going to win. They're, they're going to win. Because Cantley's been winning. And he's been really good. Yeah, I would expect him to be even better. You know, and I think we've seen some caddy movement over the last several years of guys going with some young hot shots. And it's been off to the races, right? Bubba's caddy went to Scotty Scheffler. And they fucking dominated. You know, Cam Young got Webb Simpson's caddy. He had kind of been, you know, up and down this year. Boom. Match play. Finals. <laughs> You're like, Jesus. You know, and if it wasn't for the weather, who knows? Maybe he would have been right there in the mix with the Masters. So a lot of people are going to bet on Cam Young in, in these majors moving forward. Obviously, Bones goes to JT, another major. So I, I would expect, it pains me to say this, but Patrick Cantlay to probably win a major in the next two or three years and definitely to keep winning these big tournaments. But uh, bittersweet day. It really is with uh, what feels like the end of the road for Eldrick and the, the beginning of kind of a new chapter for Joe LaCava. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, back at it again after uh, I, I took a I took a bi-week hiatus for basically two weeks, Sobel, because uh, the Zurich, don't count that one, even though my guy Davis Riley finally got over the hump. And the Mexico opened it. A guy two to one and a guy five, six to one just took on the entire field and were battling it out toward the end. But my guy Finau, he, he gets another victory. Is I don't know, it feels like it's 10th in, in a year and a half after going winless forever. But uh so boy, I know you I know you stay locked in. Uh what's going on, bro? What's up, dude? First of all, I I feel like I don't even get any credit. I picked Finau last week. I get it. Like it was the hardest pick all year, but I picked a guy as my favorite outright. I bet on him. He won. And I feel like, I don't know, it didn't really happen because I wasn't here on the pod with you. So uh, I don't know. You know, I, I appreciate you at least having me back on this weekend. I, I assume we we're just going to talk NFL draft all the time. I don't even know we're going golf. I've done any, yeah, I haven't you, done any golf you, research. I'm just watching the draft. <laughs> you you want to break down the uh, Jacksonville Jags uh, draft? I, I kind of do, actually, yeah. 
they actually, in fairness to them, got to be licking their chops of we're going to own this division for a long time because the other three teams are kind of in shambles. Uh, it's funny, you know, going up to Jacksonville, I'll go up there a few times a year, especially players championship week, obviously. And then a yeah. couple of times a year and they get so much support. Duval County, uh, they love the Jags up there. I think with with Lawrence, with ETN, that, that team's going to be good for a while and the energy around that place is going to be really big for a long time too. I'm pretty sure it's the players, but it might be Hilton head too. I feel like the PJ tour has tweeted out pictures of Trevor Lawrence the last couple of years coming to the event and kind of saying what's up. It feels like he's a sneaky golf guy. He was at the players. I think it was, yeah, the, it was players, the players uh, hanging out with John Rom. I will tell you that I was in a local watering hole around midnight on Friday night of players week with a couple of colleagues and it's a packed bar, and all of a sudden, Trevor Lawrence comes just walking in, just hanging out. I don't even know if he was drinking or anything. He's just kind of sitting on the side. People are like holding up their phones, taking pictures of him and stuff. I'm like, "There's Trevor Lawrence." Like, I'm not going to go bother him. I'm not going to talk to him. But like, just wild that like you know, bar in Jack's Beach at midnight on a Friday, and there's your local quarterback right there hanging out. Well, speaking of golf. Uh... You know, it feels like the last couple of weeks took a deep breath, and now we really get rolling into multiple majors over the next month. We have this really elevated event season kicks back in again. I mean, I, I count we got three over the next 40-plus days uh, with the big purses. You know, part of the reason I have you back on, because I you picked my guy Victor Hovland this week. But, but before, we get, before we get into the Wells Fargo, and Quail Hollow, which, you know, you wrote about pretty eloquently. You know, this this is a pretty cool venue, obviously. Pretty historic. Some moments that have happened over the years. I'm sure you noticed uh, on the uh, on Elon's app, you know, Phil <laughs> Phil was letting her rip yesterday. Colton Nost and taking on shrapnel everywhere, fighting everybody. And, and listen, like, obviously, the official golf world rankings, no one takes them as seriously as we did years ago. Uh, just because as we just saw in the majors, like, I, I don't know where Brooks ranked, but I know in a big tournament, like, I, I wouldn't just not pick that guy to be in the mix. But, like, we all knew when they left, this was going to happen. The Gooch situation last week about how they changed the rules on the fly. And in fairness to Taylor Gooch, like, yeah, we all understand you're a top 25, 30, 35 player in the world. But the rules are the rules. You took the money. You left. It feels like they're keep screaming at the clouds. And you've been around golf a lot longer than me at the, at this level. It sure feels like the rules aren't changing anytime soon for these guys to just fly into these tournaments, which like over the next couple of years that most of them are kind of going to get asked out of, right? Yeah. So there's a few different components here. First of all, the official world golf ranking right now is obsolete. Look, this thing, for those who don't know, and you know, I, I don't understand quite frankly why we have to rank everything. You know, this isn't BuzzFeed. We don't have to rank the best players every single week. They use it as a qualification process to get into major championships. We have other ways of qualifying. And so really, I, I think it's pretty obsolete these days when you see Dustin Johnson at number 75 in the world. In fact, we were arguing this for about six months last year. Then we had Davis Love, the third on our uh, radio show, hitting the green on Sirius XM. And we we're talking about the world ranking with him. And he goes, why would we just get rid of it? And it was like someone threw a brick through my window and hit me in the head. I was like, whoa. I've been yelling about like they gotta do this and they gotta do that and these guys need points, but these guys shouldn't get points and we're we're all going back and forth and all of a sudden I was like, wait, yeah, that's a good solution there. Let's just not have it. Why do we need it? What I would love to see, John, is 
the major championships, they'd probably all have to get together on this, and they're not going to all be in concert on all of this. But how about if Augusta National, EGA of America, USGA, RNA, all went to live and said, look, your qualified players are already qualified. Phil won the PGA two years ago. He's in for a few years anyway. I mean, it, he doesn't need to worry about getting DJ DJ won the Masters. I mean, they DJ got some the guys. Camp, Camp Smith is good. good. Like, those guys are fine. How about we give them, uh, let's say, five other spots in each event? And they can have, let's talk our way through it. Let's have some meetings and some conversations. But let's have a qualifying process within your schedule where five guys can qualify for those major championships. Now, what I would really like to see is because this this whole live thing seems buddy buddy. You know, let's hey, we're all gonna fly on the PGA together and we're all gonna uh hang out at parties together. We're all wearing the same clothes with the cool logo, and when we win, we're all gonna spray champagne on each other. Well, all of a sudden, when you and your teammates are battling it out for the fifth and final qualification into the US Open. You might not be spraying champagne on the other guy so quickly. I, I think it would forge some competitiveness out there, which I don't think we necessarily see. I mean, Taylor Gooch just a little while ago tweeted out, what a great battle with a great person. Man, Sergio's the best. That was so much fun. Let's do it again. It seems like they're forging this camaraderie and this common bond of like us against them, which is fine. But... I still maintain that because of that, it's more entertainment than competition. I think that if we start making them play against each other to get into the majors, all of a sudden the competitive balance shifts a little bit and these guys want to go beat each other's brains in as opposed to well, rooting for each other. Hope you make Barty. Hey, you too. Hope you make Eagle, man. Uh, instead of rooting for each other, let's go try to beat each other. One thing on Phil's uh, Twitter, tirade might be strong, but he was just I mean, he was letting it fly. He, he used the word collusion. Obviously, the official golf world rankings got CBS more money when they have higher rated fields. But wouldn't you say that moving forward, when they did these elevated events, the best players are playing in the biggest events. So the TV networks are now, it, it's worth it for them. They're guaranteed to get the best players in however many it turns out to be. It feels like, I don't know, eight elevated events a year, separate from the majors and separate from the playoffs. Look, a year and a half ago, Phil was right about a whole lot of stuff. He went about it the completely wrong way, but he wasn't wrong. He said, look, there's money in reserves. How come it's not coming back to us, the players? And I, I honestly don't know what the answer to that was, but uh, Phil helped get more money into the pockets of the PGA Tour players. That's undeniable. This assertion that Phil is making that because of the official World Golf ranking and the points that – there two are getting more money from CBS and the other rights holders. I look, I don't know the ins and outs of this, and there's a lot of you know legalese that goes into the stuff, but I don't think he's right about this. Phil has been harping on this point for a long time now. I don't think he's right about it. But again, it goes back to my original point of hey, how about we just get rid of the damn thing and we don't need it and we can move on? Because it seems to be causing a lot more problems and solutions right now. The the Ryder Cup now has access. Is it just the Americans, or can the Europeans take as well if they want, if they so choose, the, the live guys? I believe they can. That, that's going to be do, very, do you, do you expect very interesting. Ma makes more sense. You know, Americans could easily fill out a team if they so choose without, you know, dipping in the live yep. pond. But it sure feels like the Europeans, you know, especially Sergio, if he's going to be playing well, 
would he be a lock to be on that team or is there too much I, I would say animosity not from the players necessarily because John Rahm's been outspoken but just the powers that be what's what's your expectation Luke Donald is the captain of the European team. Luke Donald and Sergio Garcia have teamed together in a lot of Ryder Cups over the years. Luke Donald very uh, interestingly has said um, he doesn't necessarily want live players on the team. They're not really welcome to be a part of it. He's also said his brother, who caddies for Brendan Steele on live, would be a welcome addition and could certainly help the team in the team room. And I'm like, it seems like you're speaking out of both sides of your mouth. And I really like Luke Donald. I I, I've become friendly with Luke Donald over the years, and I think he is a really good, really smart person when it comes to this stuff. But I, I feel like a lot of this stems from no one really knows. No, no one really knows what to say. They don't know how to say it. Uh, they don't know what's exactly taking place on a regular basis. Sorry, I'm getting a text now that, um, well, we'll get to it. We start talking about the Wells Fargo, a little inside news. Here. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Now we're talking. Sorry, I'm look, looking down. I feel like Adam Schefter here. I'm. I'm on camera and I'm looking at my phone and I got breaking news coming in. But um, look, as far as uh, that's concerned, that Johnson is very adamant about not being in favor of Liv. He is very pro PGA Tour. If a Brooks Kepka goes and wins the U.S. Open, can he leave him off that team? He might qualify just based on that, but... If he finishes eighth in the points and has a major championship victory, can you leave him off the team? That's going to be a really difficult decision. That's going to be very, very interesting to watch, I think, as we start moving towards Ryder Cup later in the year. Well, it sure feels like regardless of whoever the captain is of the President's Cup or the Ryder Cup, Eldrick Tiger Woods plays a big pseudo role behind the scenes uh, of being a leader of the group. So, you know, he's pretty anti-live, you know, uh, and you speaking of speaking of Tiger, you, you had an incredible tweet the other day when you just quote or last week when it was announced that he had the surgery. I mean, the, the first line of his statement was, I mean, it sounds like a, a surgery someone that played for the Pittsburgh Steelers in the 1970s would get. I mean, it's just how can this. Your expectations moving forward. I mean, do we see Tiger at another major this year? Obviously, the PGA feels like that's done, but U.S. Open, LACC, the the British Open. I mean, is it is he a one tournament guy potentially moving forward? It it feels dire. All right, so this segues very nicely into my phone blowing up right now and and getting some news here. Uh, Todd Lewis from Golf Channel tweeted about I don't know half an hour ago that Joe Lacava, Tiger's caddy, is on the bag of Patrick Cantley this week. Matt Minister has been Patrick's caddy for a few years now. He's a very good caddy in his own right. I'm getting texts right now that sounds like this may not be a one-week deal, that this might be more of a long-term than a short-term deal that Joe Bacava is going to caddy for Patrick Cantlay. And if that is indeed the case, I I think we can read the tea leaves pretty easily here and say that Tiger ain't coming back anytime soon. From everything I've heard, uh, major championship season is is over for him this year. Uh, It's a done deal. The the next time I think we'd see him would be either the the PNC championship, if Charlie can get him out there and get him healthy and, you know, talk dad into playing there, or the Hero World Challenge, which he hosts in the Bahamas. But he's only going to do those if he's healthy enough. If he's not healthy, he's not going to go out and try to play those. And so for me, my big takeaway after the Masters, and this was even before the surgery was announced, but certainly moves it, in this direction after the surgery as well, John, is that 
I'm not saying Tiger's done. I'm not saying he can't win again. But I think the probability of Tiger never playing again is now greater than the probability of Tiger winning again. And, and so, again, I, I want to go over that so that people understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying Tiger will never win. I'm not saying Tiger is done. I'm just saying that if you ask me, you know, is it 50-50 between winning again and never playing? I said, no, nah, it's probably closer to 60-40, maybe 70-30. And that, you know, for the first time, really, uh, I, I came to this conclusion after the Masters that doesn't mean he can't win, just there's a greater po- probability that we never see him play golf again uh, on a competitive basis. You know, a little bit, it feels like, I mean, uh, different just because of the status of Tiger Woods, but I remember when I said, well, did, did Webb Simpson's caddy just take off on him for the young hotshot guy that's going to make more money? And he said, no, I, I think it was much more Webb telling him time to go. That's clearly what this would be if Tiger and him, you know, because Joe's been obviously he wasn't just going to leave Tiger without his blessing, but these last couple of years have been pretty, you know, tough. You know, he doesn't work, you know, <laughs> and I, I'm sure Tiger, you know, for a notorious cheap guy probably still takes care of him. But this Patrick Cantlay, he might be a slow player and hard to watch. He is an ATM machine and one of the best young players on tour. I mean, that's it probably takes a bag like that for a guy like Joe Lacov and it for whatever reason. Like, no one ever comes up to you, John. Uh, you know, you meet someone somewhere, they go, hey, how much you make this year? You're like, he talks about that. For whatever reason, if you're a caddy on the PGA Tour, people think it's fair game to be like, so where's your income coming from? How much you making? What kind of percentage you get from those FedEx Cup profits? Like, like he talks about their salary in those terms. People think just because you're a caddy, then we get to talk about your money. Um, I, from everything I know and everything I've heard, Joe Lukov is doing just fine. That Joe doesn't necessarily need to be out there on a weekly basis. That said, it would probably take a bag like Patrick Cantley. We saw this from Bones McKay a couple of years ago where he had caddied for Phil Mickelson for 25 years, went to work for NBC. He wasn't hurting by any means. It was going to take a big bag. It was going to take a, a big-time player to get him back caddying, and Justin Thomas was that guy, and they won a major together last year of course they're going to do other big things that i believe very very soon for joe lacava my guess is that there might have been five players in the world who could call him up and say hey you want to come back and again i'm not saying this is a done deal i i'm just getting sort of little rumors that are being texted to me but if indeed this is more than just a one-week thing it probably took one of those guys and it probably has tiger's blessing too my my guess is that uh i don't see joe being the kind of person who just goes Screw you, Tiger. You're not playing. I'm going to go caddy for someone else. Steve Williams did that years ago. Remember, Steve Williams, when Tiger was hurt, said, all right, I'm going to go caddy for Adam Scott for a little bit. And Tiger's like, okay, well, make it longer than a little bit because you ain't coming back to me. And so that's happened before. I can't imagine that's what this case is. But uh, we've seen this a lot lately. Uh, uh, Your guy, Davis Riley, was able to pull James Edmondson, who had caddied for Ryan Palmer for 20 years, Palmer on the tail end of his career. Riley just starting out. He's going to be a moneymaker for a long time. Palmer and Edmondson are, are best buddies. Palmer said to him, like, look, do what you got to do. If you're going to go make more money with this kid, go make more money, support your family. I, I think here's where you would know it was serious, right? Like, obviously, if this is just a one-off, maybe. But if he starts doing this more consistently, you would not have a guy that leaves you in the majors, right, when, when Tiger plays moving forward. So that would... That might be the telltale sign that it might be all she wrote for Elder. And honestly, at the Masters, Tiger kind of talked about, like, I this could be it. Not just because I have no clue, right? At some point, we have to listen to Tiger. 
I mean, we yeah. Tiger keeps telling us like, hey, father time's undefeated. I'm not going to be out here forever. If I can't go out and feel like I can win a golf tournament, I'm not just showing up to be a ceremonial golfer. And I, I think most of us have looked at me like, yeah, yeah, okay, whatever. We're gonna, you're going to be out here when you're 68 and still have a chance of winning this. It's not true. And I think the end is a lot closer than people realize. And, and I, I think that because he's come back so many times, because after four back surgeries, he went out and won the 2019 Masters that we all just assume, okay, he's out for the year and he'll have another surgery and watch out next year's Masters. He's going to win that thing. At some point, all good things come to an end. And I hope I'm wrong about this. And I hope it's it's not the end for Tiger. But if you listen to him, uh, he, he has not minced words about this whatsoever over the last couple of years that, uh, look, I, I ain't going to be out here forever. I'm not going to keep playing competitive golf, you know, five times a year if I feel like I can't win and I feel like I'm not healthy enough to do it. And so, I, again, it just wouldn't surprise me if, if it's it, if he just can't go anymore and can't do it anymore and doesn't feel like he can go out and contend. There's really – I think about it. What's the point for Tiger? What what would be the point for him? In- he doesn't need the money. I mean, it's just his health. I mean, he can't. Why, it's not worth not being able to walk. I, I mean, so maybe he plays the Masters every year, and he comes back and he grinds to make the cut, and then he withdraws on Saturday morning because he's too injured to go out and play two more rounds. I, at some point, you go, the juice ain't worth the squeeze. I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. Before we get into some of the Wells Fargo picks, I would say big picture on Cantlay if this eventually becomes you know a, a permanent thing. I never pick him for majors, partly because I don't really like him. I'm not saying he's a bad guy, but I just don't like his pace of play, watch them play. It, it, you would say it would feel pretty inevitable in the next two or three years that they they might get over the hump in one of the big four tournaments because he's right there right now. And it's like, well, you, you see it with Cam Young. You, you've seen it with some of these other guys. You, Scotty Scheffler, once you get one of those top guys and they're already right there, it's like, oh, shit, the floodgates might open, which is – my worst nightmare. I, I can't watch a guy over the next five years win a couple majors. He's almost going to accidentally win a major at some point. He's just too good. He's really, really talented. I don't know that it's like I said, Matt Minister is a very good caddy. And he's been with him and he knows Patrick really well. Um, this is not a matter of like, well, he had some guy who couldn't do yardages and didn't know how to club him. Yeah. And now Joe Lacava is going to come in this week and he's going to be great. I mean, it. I said the same thing years ago. Uh, John Robb was working with Adam Hayes and all of a sudden uh, Bones, McKay, this is when Bones and Phil stopped working together and everyone said, oh, Bones is going to go work with Rom. Rom needs a great caddy. And I was like, oh, Adam Hayes is a pretty damn good caddy and that has worked out for him. And so it's not always just, hey, change your caddy, go to a big name caddy and you start winning golf tournaments. But Patrick Cantley is good enough that at some point he was going to win with his old caddy. If indeed this is a new caddy for him and it's a long-term thing, he's going to win with him too. I, I tend to agree with you that I look at him at the majors and he's a nice top five, nice top 10 ticket for me. I don't know that I'm going to be playing Cantley outright for any majors coming up very soon because he just looks a little, looks a little nervous, anxious, gets a little slow. There's a lot of things going on. Um, he's a very analytical kind of guy, analytical kind of player, and you can kind of see the the wheels turning as he's trying to uh, maneuver his way around the golf course in the back nine of a major championship Sunday. But uh, that said, he's good enough that at some point he, he's going to win. He just is. Totally agree. Speaking of this week, Wells Fargo 
you, you pick my guy Hovland, though. I, I checked it. His odds are going up and up. Like his odds are really high right now. Another guy that you like a lot, though, and speaking of caddy movement, Ricky lost his caddy to Tom Kim. And then Ricky's come storming back and looks like he's going to resurrect his career and be a really good player again. I kind of like him closer 35, 40 to one odds this year. But do you think just Aaron Rodgers, you know, he just needed a change. Ricky, was it just time for a caddy change? And like, was he going to resurrect his career regardless whether he the guy stayed or left? Or was it just, you know, it's just part of the evolution of this sport? This is a really tough one for me. I know Ricky really well. I've gotten to know Joe Scovrin really well, who caddied for him since his first career event on the PGA Tour. So they worked really, really well together for a long time. I remember seeing them after a miscut at the Travelers last year. It was Friday early afternoon. They played in the morning. And after they missed the cut, I mean, the two of them weren't really talking. It's a lot of times you miss the cut. And you're kind of going over all the shots with your caddy. What could we have done better? What can we take from this? And it was just dead silence between them. It was very awkward. I, I just kind of walked away after a second. I, they kind of put their bag down near me, and I was kind of standing there, and I was kind of stuck in the the moment. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, it just became a, a the air around them was a little tense. And I, so I, I'd like to think that they're both good enough guys. They're both good enough at their jobs that at some point it was going to come around for them, no matter what. But. Uh, maybe a, a little different scenery for each of those guys has helped. Obviously, uh, Joe's already caddied Tom Kim to a victory out there, and, and Ricky's playing better golf right now. And I, I see this as like the perfect storm for Ricky Fowler. He's won this golf tournament before. He's got four top tens and nine career starts at Quail, which doesn't even include a top 10 at the 2017 PGA Championship. And he's playing really well. All the numbers are good. Everything you look for ball striking wise has been really good. I think it's a really good week. I like everything about Ricky, except for that 35 to one number. It's just too short for me. I'll play it, but I still would have liked 45 or 50 to one. I thought that's what we were getting coming into the week. Maybe if Scheffler and Rom were in the field, everyone kind of backs up a little bit. Maybe we would have got that 45 to one. 35 is short, but I'm on him. I'm still going to have it. I think he can win. He to this golf course, driving accuracy as much as it is a second-shot golf course? It, it's really tee to green. It, it's just give me your guys who can hit it long and straight. Give me your guys who can hit mid and long irons really well. It's just a slog of a golf course. I heard it was very windy out there yesterday. I'm not sure if that wind is going to hold throughout the week, but um, you know, we had Carl Paulson who was playing in the Pro-Am yesterday on our radio show CP said he went to go fix a ball mark with the tee on the 14th green and the tee broke. That's how firm these greens are right now. So uh, it just takes a really good ball striker. It's one of the reasons why I love Victor Hovland. Tee to green, he's been fantastic so far this year. I see a lot of comparisons to uh, Tony Finau, who if you were only paying attention to the leaderboards going into last week, you would have said, eh, pretty uninspired year for Tony Finau. But we have all these strokes gain stats. What they told us was that going into last week, Tony Finau was the fourth best player on the PGA Tour this season behind only Scheffler, Cantley, and Rom. And so that's pretty damn good. At some point, he was due for some of that, they call it positive regression in the industry, which is like oxymoronic, doesn't make really any sense, except that it sort of does make sense, which is he's going to start playing better. Based on the numbers, the results are coming. It's like a pitcher being... 5-12 and 12 with a 272 ERA. You're like, 
He's actually pitching well. He's got a bad record. At some point, they're going to put up runs for him, and he's going to start getting wins as well. I, I see both Hovland and Fowler fitting that same profile, which is uh, the performance has sort of outclassed the results for the most part this year. Not that the results have been bad, but the results could be even better based on how they're performing, and I think it happens this week. The gala? I mean, at this point, and, and I said this on my podcast yesterday, but uh, for Thigala and I throw Keith Mitchell in there as well. I could mention him every week, but at some point they're going to send me a cease and desist letter. The restraining order is coming. I like both these guys every single week. And if I mention them every week, it's like I'm just crying wolf at some point. So I'll, I'll reserve judgment for the weeks when I really like him. Thigala is going to win the Memorial Tournament uh, in about a month at, at Jack's okay. place. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll wait to talk him up there, but yeah, I like him every week because he's really good. Well, when I heard you describe the conditions of the course, it sounded like guys from across the pond. I see two guys creeping up toward 50 to one in Lowry and Fleetwood, just guys that are comfortable, maybe not to win, but just top fives, top tens that are comfortable in that environment if it gets hard. I like Fleetwood a little bit more than Lowry. Fleetwood's, he, he, Fleetwood's played well this year, especially well. the last couple of months. And he's played well here. Here's what I look at. Guys who have not just played well at a specific golf course in the past, but how are they playing when they played well at this golf course? So Tommy Fleetwood has posted some nice results at Quail, but he's posted nice results not when, well, he was coming in, he had three top tens in his previous three starts. And so, yeah, he was just playing well, and so he did it again that week. Tommy Fleetwood has posted good results at this golf course where he wasn't playing well coming in, wasn't playing well going out. To me, that's a sign that the guy is a good course fit and should play well at that place. I like Fleetwood more than Lowry when we come to that. But again, if you're looking for a guy from across the pond who's going to just ball strike his way to the leaderboard this week, it's Hovland. You know, I get you out of here on this. I'm, I don't know if you guys have talked about this on the radio show or the podcast, but about uh, the, the Ryder Cup team. And obviously, you know, we mentioned with Brooks and DJ, if we just assume maybe those guys won't be involved, DJ, clearly, I don't even know if cares anymore. Brooks could win his way where it's going to be hard to keep him off. But let's say he doesn't win one of the majors. Are Thigala and Ricky two guys that are trending to just have a chance to be a captain's pick? You know, so I'm going to do a little work here because I, I hate this. This is like when we go over the NBA All-Star team and we sit there and go, how can so-and-so be left off? Then you go, well, who are you going to take off that team? And you start looking and you go, well, I'm not sure who we take off. So I'm just going to go straight down the world ranking. I started this conversation by saying the world ranking is obsolete. Now I'm going to go down the world ranking and look at the Americans. We've got, all right, Scheffler, Cantley, Xander, Homa, Salatoris is out, so he's God. He's still ninth in the world for some reason. Um, he's out. Jordan Finau, so that's six right there. You'd think Sam Cam, Burns, Young, Cam Young, Cam Young's going to be on. There. You'd think Sam Burns is there. Morikawa, probably JT. Cam Young, so that's ten right there. So to me, we've got ten spots that look. Unless there's an injury, unless a guy really starts slumping, those ten should be on the team. From there, it's. Either well, really quick, really quick. J- Justin Thomas on scholarship for yeah. this year. Yeah, JT's on. Uh, JT's okay. The heart and soul of I, that uh, team. Uh, okay, I'm not. I'm not saying he shouldn't be on. I'm just saying. Yeah, you know. and I think it's going to be a good week for JT. I I think that the JT fades are a little overblown right now. He hasn't played great, but it's not like this is some lingering thing. I think he needs to take a little of the internal pressure off himself. He'll start playing better. In any case, after those ten. Whether it's a live guy like a DJ or a Kepka 
or Taylor Gooch. We've got Kitayama, Keegan Bradley, Sahith, uh, Billy Horschel, Tom Hoagie, Russell Henley, Brian Harmon, Chris Kirk. So in any case, yes, those two other spots are very ripe for the taking. And if you told me right now you think it's going to be Figala and Fowler, I have no problems with that whatsoever. Like it. Okay. Let's uh let's enjoy the Wells Fargo. And then the PJ Championships right around the corner. And I'm pretty excited to bet on that one. I already got my eye on on, on several guys. I actually have some intriguing, tasty odds. Okay. So, okay. I can't wait to hear you got you. You can give me a little taste of that before we go. Yeah, I mean, I, well, one guy, his odds aren't super great, but I, I think Cam Young, as long as he's somewhere 25, 30 to one, just, you know, I, obviously you, you're going to have to bet probably Scheffler or Rom to feel pretty, you're going to have to have some exposure on one of those two guys, but you don't have to. And, he, and listen, j- as long as I can get Jason Day 45, 50 to one range, I, I'm going to keep dabbling. I'm going to yeah. keep dabbling. Yeah, it should be a good place for Day. Um, Gary, Gary Woodland, 100 to one. Yeah. I'm not there on Woodland yet. Cam Young. That's, that's a long shot. And one guy right around Cam Young's number, the guy that I have earmarked for that event right now. And again, we're two weeks away. We'll see what happens. Watch out for Sunjay in. I don't think anyone quite realizes just how good Sunjay is. He's about ready to win a big one as well. Yeah. No, I, he's a name that people hammer in the betting markets, and it feels like he's going to bust through yep. big. Yep. Right. He's going to be a major champion in his career. That feels inevitable. Yep. Okay. So we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, buddy. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Get in the mailbag at Go Low Pod. We answered a bunch last week, so we are running a little low, and I will fire through your questions right now. At Go Low Pod is the old Instagram. Our first question from Mike. Question for the pod. I'm transitioning from military to the business world. How important is golfing, learning to golf, as far as creating relationships, 
and getting deals done. Also, any suggestions to someone completely new to golfing as far as how to learn and not pick up bad habits? Videos, books, programmers, programs, beginning clubs. Well, overall, I think YouTube can solve a lot of problems. So any question you have regarding golf, clubs, your own swing, type in that little question to the uh, the second biggest search engine in the world, YouTube. And that can help with golf. In terms of business and golf, I think the one thing it has going for it is it incorporates a lot of things. One, you're outside, the sun's shining on you. And two, you're just doing something even though it's really hard, kind of fun. So it just lightens people up, right? If you go to a business meeting, even if it's not formal at someone's office, you meet someone for coffee, you meet someone for cocktails, you know, it, it can be hard. It can be awkward, right? It, it can be difficult depending on someone else's personality. I, I would say, and most people would agree, if the other person just has somewhat interest in golf, they like playing it, they enjoy just doing something to instead of just sitting around, it just lightens, it loosens people up. So when people say that a lot of deals get done on the golf course, I think a lot of it is just people relax a little bit, you know? And then what naturally happens on the golf course? Probably order a couple beers. <laughs> so it's a double whammy. You get a little liquid courage in you. You, If you're trying to do a deal, you, you loosen them up a little bit. And everyone's just kind of having a good time. And it's an organic way to bullshit, right? Sometimes in an office setting over a coffee, uh, in a meeting room. It can just be a little weird. Over a Zoom, it can just be a little awkward. I'd argue in a golf cart, especially if that's where you spend, it kind of forces you to not be awkward and just put your guard down and relax. So I would say it definitely has benefits. Now, obviously, it depends on your industry, but for most industries, a lot of people play golf for a reason. The Mexico Open was fantastic and just glossed over it. Love seeing Fina win. My question is, do you think Rom is the leader of the PGA? Roy just disappeared since Rom's Masters, and he played in multiple elevated events, and now a non-elevated event. The dude doesn't quit, except this week. He's taking it off. Just wish he showed some more personality because he's the next PGA elite stud. Well, I think overall, Rom is currently better than Roy McIlroy. So just in terms of one guy is better than the other, Rom is a better player than Rory. Even though most times when they play together, their odds are relatively the same. I think we all have to agree that if it's the Masters, if it's an elevated event, if it's anything so far this year, you feel better about betting on John Rom. He's more invested. He's less... Like I, I saw some quotes today that Rory had with some different reporters like he was exhausted. He needed a mental break. John Rahm sure doesn't feel exhausted. Now, John's younger. He didn't completely speak for the PGA Tour, but he played a pretty big role last year. It was like, well, Rory's the pseudo-commissioner, and he kind of was. Boy, it was Rahm. Like the CFO to the commissioner? Rahm was always talking. They offered Rahm $400. He told him to kick rocks. He was very open about his take on Live Golf and his desire to stay on the PGA Tour. So I'm with you. Leader, you know, Rory's just kind of the verbal leader for sure. I think Rom is kind of the player right now. You know, he's, I don't know where he will finish, you know, big picture, but, you know, the most accomplished non-filler Tiger on the PGA Tour, and I guess Brooks as well, 
are Jordan and Rory because of the majors, because of the wins. Rom's coming for him. Rom's coming for him. Uh, if you, I, I would expect Rom. I think it's very plausible for him to win another major this season. Like this season could end. Rom might make forty million dollars this season, win multiple majors, and then all of a sudden there's three, and we go, God, is Rom? If I was a betting man, Rom's going to finish closer to seven than two. So I, I don't think he's done. And if I was a betting man, Rory might have one more in him. I'm not as confident on Rory. Though, sometimes he can play with you because you think he's not playing well, then all of a sudden he'll win. Quick follow-up on Gooch USGA. If the USGA justifies excluding Gooch because the PGA deemed him to be no longer eligible and the USGA wants to respect that decision of another tour, why would Gooch then be eligible to qualify for the U.S. Open under another criteria? In other words, Gooch can still get in if the world ranking remains in the top 60 after the PGA Championship, but why would the USGA allow someone suspended by the PGA Tour in, period, if their justification was they simply are honoring the protocol of the PGA? What if a player wasn't eligible under PGA Tour for violation of the PED rule? This is getting really deep. I think the PGA Tour, once he was deemed ineligible for the Tour Championship, which if you qualify for the Tour Championship, the top 30, like the gala, you get into all the majors. So Gooch qualified for that last year, but because he left to live, he was actually ineligible to play in the thing, right? Remember, he was like down the street in his car when the ruling went the other way. Now, we all have to agree, Taylor Gooch is a top... 30 player in the world. Taylor Gooch should be playing in all the majors. But right now, he doesn't fit the criteria. Now, he can just qualify for the U.S. Open, right? There are qualifiers all over America. It's why it's called the United States Open. Friend of mine, neighbor of mine growing up, Tyler Raber, did that. Qualified his way in to a U.S. Open. So if he can do it, Taylor Gooch sure as hell can. Now, I've heard a lot of like, well... If Taylor Gooch is this good, shouldn't he be able to? It's not that easy. You know, I mean, you get a couple wayward drives when you're playing, like, you're not going to qualify. But I, I I do understand where Phil's coming from. Like, it's not about Phil. Phil's in these majors because he won at Kiowa. He's got a lifetime exemption to the Masters. He's eligible for the British Open until he's 60. Uh, obviously, the PGA Championship, he's playing in for the foreseeable future and the U.S. Open. But, like, Taylor Gooch should be in the majors. But, like, this was the controversial element of Liv. Once you guys left, you guys were going to lose some of your status. Now, you can bitch and moan after the fact, but the rules are the rules. Like, some things in life, we can push the envelope, and I'm a big believer in that. I've been pushing the envelope in things my entire life. I'm sure many people listening have as well. But sometimes when you do that, and you just go, we'll figure out, we'll pick up the pieces after... We break through this wall, whatever it may be, professionally, right? Sometimes you look back and you're like, well, now it's time to, well, no, it's actually not going to work. That's not going to happen. And I think some of those guys are staring at that reality. And Taylor Gooch obviously is the most unique because he was this young up-and-comer who was trending to be a top 20 player, and he left. And someone texted me today, you know in Australia they have like a 45% tax rate. So when Gooch won the $4 million, 
It was actually a little more because his team won in Australia for, let's say, $5 million bucks. He ended up getting taxed at a super high rate in Australia. And then based off whatever he has left, he gets taxed off that when he gets back to America. So he actually only took home like $1.4 million, which is still a ton of money. But when you factor in like he just made $4.75 million to only look at your bank account and see whatever it was, like one three five or one four five, it's got to piss him off a little bit. But I, I don't think these guys are getting screwed right now. Now, me and Sobel talked about it. They're going to figure something out. But sometimes when you make your bed, you got to lay in it. And they got highly paid and compensated to make this jump. Taylor Gooch knew what he was getting into that it might not work out. Now, he's probably optimistic. He was probably hopeful. But sometimes, you know, you hope a little too long, reality doesn't turn in your favor. And that's, right now, sucks for him. But, you know, I would imagine he wouldn't have made, who knows, maybe he would have won on the PGA Tour this year. He's a really good player. He's a really, really good player. But I I don't feel that much sympathy for him right now. Now, eventually they're going to have to change this. But like most things in life, things don't happen immediately. Things take some time, right? Like eventually in a year, maybe we'll have the way for the live guys who aren't, you know, on these, uh, that don't have unlimited status because they've won a major or their world ranking still really high or whatever. Maybe they have a way to qualify in, but right now they don't. Like, I don't expect the, the the golf world just to immediately change for them. You'd be like, well, just it's only been, whatever, eight months. It hasn't been that long. So I think we do need to pump the brakes a little bit about all the complaining from Phil. It's like, holy fuck, Phil. You made so much money. How do you complain so much? Yeah, I, I like you, but geez, Louise. You're just always pointing the finger at someone else. Just How about you just enjoy yourself? Uh, and the money that you just... Got from Saudi Arabia, which is a lot. Adios. Have a good week. We will have a football podcast come out on Friday. Turns out Jordan Love got an extension, not the fifth-year option. I will have some thoughts on that come Friday. As well as I just saw Aaron Rodgers tell McAfee that Garrett Wilson is pretty, pretty good. Later. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash 
credit card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.